So don't don't be tricked and let the devil come and tell you, well, you could do this. or you, No, no, it's no choice. Whatever God says, just do it. Don't don't look for no alternative. Uh Oh, you got quiet now. So let's stand. All right. OK. All right. I know we're living in different times, Brother D. And different times, people have a different mindset. Maybe the message will help you today. You all right, cowboy? All right. Boy, they got cowboy running this morning. <laughs> I love this church. <laughs> and you see the people that had cowboy running, you know. That's why, that's why you, you got to have all kinds of people in the church. Leave everybody alone. Let everybody be who they are in Christ. Because we need every kind of people in the church. Because I don't think we would have got cowboy running. But, but, but the people that got cowboy running this morning, they got them running because they probably the only ones that could have got cowboy running this morning. So, love this church. Hallelujah. That was commercial, but I'm sorry. Isaiah chapter 7. <laughs> Let's go to Isaiah chapter 7, uh, verse 14. Familiar passage of scripture. Just have a good thought for you this morning, and I hope I can encourage you. And hopefully you'll take this encouragement throughout the end of this year and into the entire year of 2020. Oh, help us, Lord. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, then we'll go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, then we'll go to Luke chapter 2. A few scriptures, but after that, we'll get into some, you know, ministering of the word. Isaiah says this, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. I love that name. Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Get some clarity in what we just read now. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is A prophet with us. A teacher with us. We have prophets with us all the time. We have teachers with us all the time. But we never had until he came on the scene. God with us. Present here. Physically. He came. Luke. Lukey Luke. Luke. Chapter 2 verse number 7. Read a little bit here. We'll read up to verse 15. Amen. Some people still use their own Bible and don't look on the big screen. I hear you. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there were no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came unto them upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and singing. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord had made known unto us. Jesus, all over this world, people are preaching about you, and we're grateful. But God, we want a supernatural move of your spirit among us. That, Lord, you don't have to because you have proven yourself over and over. You don't have to. But we're asking that you manifest yourself in this service today in a supernatural way. Huh, my God, will you allow us the privilege of having an encounter with you today that will renew our faith, that will restore our faith that will empower us, that will cause us, Lord God, from to move out from where we are and move into where you want us to be. Oh God, we pray today that the Spirit of the Lord will have preeminence. And that those of us, Lord God, that are filled with your Spirit, we will be stirred to the point, Lord God, where we will not be able to contain ourselves. But Lord, there will be praise and worship and rejoicing that will go out from us. Because, Lord, we know all that you had spoken had come to pass. We give you praise and honor. These things we ask in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. One entitled today's message simply this. I've got good news for you. I've got good news for you. Tell your neighbor I've got good news for you. Tell your other neighbor I've got good news for you. Don't you want to give good news? Don't you want to hear good news? I've got good news for you. Before I give you the good news, listen to this. I'm going to read an article to you. And this article is entitled, Why We Love Bad News. Why We Love Bad News. This guy by the name of Jewelry McKay wrote this article. Turn on the news these days and you would have been forgiven for thinking the world is about to end. From politics, to climate change, to the economy. Negative and bad news surround us everywhere we go. The problem isn't just that there are terrible things happening around the world, but also that our brains are simply trained. He haven't here wired. But I'm going to use the word train because I know who created us, right? 
So our brains are simply trained to pay more attention to unpleasant news. Psychologists call this the negative bias and have found that it's one of the first things we are trained to do as children. Or in the article it says, one of the things we develop as children. That probably can slide. And while this bias may have helped our ancestors pay attention to potentially life-threatening situations, today it's getting in the way of our happiness, our well-being, and even our productivity. I am positive that today we have more people committing suicide than we've ever had. I am positive today we have more people suffering depression more than we've ever had. And part of this issue that we're dealing with is because we've been trained and our brain has developed to now look for bad news, negative news. It, it, it somehow impacts our behavior. It somehow causes us to respond like nothing else we respond to. Negative news, bad news, is it's taken over. And so nowadays it's very hard to get some good news. I've heard it said that misery loves company. But I heard another person quote it this way and say, misery demands company. So when misery is operating in somebody's life, they demand that somebody else be miserable right along with them. I got to tell you something. It could be my personality, but a lot of it is the, 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 the God that's working in me. When you miserable, when you negative, somehow I know how to pull away from you without you even realizing. Lord, somehow I know how to just slide out of it and you can barely see me. Wondering why I can't see him. And then when stuff go wrong someplace, somehow I'm never there, Tony. Because I just detest misery and I detest just always hearing negativity and bad news. I don't like it. I'm not training my mind to always want to hear bad news and negativity. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you need to do the same thing. Don't you let your mind and your heart be so caught up in negativity and bad news. It's easy to pull you in. As soon as you see something going sideways, as soon as you hear bad news and negativity, shut it down. Cover your ears. Let your mind go someplace else. Because we are the children of God. And God set us here to be light in this world. He set us here to be salt in this earth. He set us here to make a difference in a positive way, not to be consumed by the negativity. We've got power. And we're here to not 
reinforce negativity or bad news, but to spread the joy of the good news. I've come this morning to give you good news. But we first got to understand that we will find ourselves being pulled into negativity. You had a good thing going and all of a sudden you feel like, why do I feel like this? Because you was around negativity. You was watching negativity. You was listening to negativity. And all of a sudden you feel miserable because misery demands company. And you're wondering, why do I feel this way? Why am I going through this? And you can't put your finger on what's wrong. But it's because bad news will cause that feeling and anxiety in your life. But we have to put it down. Tell your neighbor, we got to put down bad news. We, tell the other neighbor, we got to put down negativity. We, we can't do it. And when, when it begins to come your way, you got to get bold enough to say, if that's negative, I don't want to hear it. If that's negative, keep it from me. What's wrong with you? You know bad things. I know, but leave me alone. I want to focus on good news. I don't want to focus on bad news. I don't want to hear about all this negative stuff. I want to hear good news. And if you can't give me good news, I don't want to hear no news from you. I have good news for you this morning. Don't listen to bad news. I have good news for you this morning. Don't listen to negative news. You know, in my workplace, I've kind of done it this way, and I would think I lead this church this way when we get together in, in, as leadership and we begin to talk. Long time ago, I told my folk, don't bring me no problems without a possible solution. That's how I manage. So now people have to really think about before, should they come and tell the boss the b- bad news. Because if you come to tell me bad news and you don't have a solution, I turn you off. As soon as you say it, I say, well, what, what, what's your idea? How we fix it? I don't know. I said, then why are you telling me? I'm serious. That's how I manage. Don't come to me and tell me we've got a problem. The system went down. Okay. Then what are you doing? Did you already put in a ticket for it to get it restored? Don't come to me and tell me bad news if you don't have a solution. That means you like negativity. Now you want me to start panicking like you. Now you want me to start acting crazy like you because you acting crazy because the system went down. No, 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 baby. You might be uh, all over the place because something's gone wrong, uh, but I have this under control uh, because I live by good news and not bad news and not negative news. I live by good news. Yeah, misery demands company. The angel Gabriel had announced the coming birth of John the Baptist and Jesus. Here, what we just read this morning, another angel came, didn't mention what his name was. The angel didn't mention his name in this particular situation, announcing the birth of Jesus. It was interesting. That when Elizabeth got pregnant with John the Baptist, Gabriel came. I am Gabriel. That's in the presence of the Lord. I don't know if y'all remember that Thursday. And so Gabriel came and told Elizabeth. Gabriel Gabriel came and told Mary that they both was pregnant. But in this case, the birth of Jesus, a a, a non-name 
or a nameless angel came and announced the birth. Now follow the theme, because that's pretty interesting. The angel proclaimed that baby Jesus was the promised Messiah, the Savior. Now look at this. A no-name angel came and made the announcement. Such an announcement was typical proclamation of the birth of a child to a royal family. So when the angel came and made the announcement about the birth that now he has been born, it was promised that Mary would be pregnant with the child, but now the announcement is he has been born. That announcement was made by a no-name angel. But we go on to understand that the birth of royalty gets announced too. So it really wasn't that special that the birth is now being mentioned. For Augustus himself had been called a savior at his birth. So Augustus was called a savior, but in the secular. You know, in the royal family, if you're born and you're supposed to be the next king, you're like the savior. And so being born a savior, you can say that can happen in a royal family as well. But while the announcement of Augustus' birth would have been first delivered to members of the Roman Senate and the other dignitaries, the privilege of hearing about Jesus' birth first was given to ordinary people like the shepherds. Woo. You see it? Now that he's on the scene, he's, he's paving the way for us to understand something about him. He's trying to get us to understand something about him. He, he allowed a no-name angel to say the baby is born, the one that was promised, a no-name angel. And then instead of dignitaries and high-ups uh, being able to hear first that he was born, he said, no, I'm going to ordinary people. I'm going to shepherds and they will be the first to know that the Master, the, the, the Savior, the Messiah that we've been waiting on. Uh, he's now born. Why did Almighty God allow ordinary people that have no clout? They were the first one to hear the news about him being born. God is trying to tell us something, church. God is trying to tell us something. I say it all the time. I'm trying to get us to understand. To, we need a real transformation of our mind. We got to realize that, yes, we are doing good by coming to church. Yes, we're doing good and studying our Bible and reading and praying. But we need to strive to say, God, I need a transforming of my mind because I believe, God, the way I see and understand you and your word is really not the way you are. And I want to know you just the way you are. I want to understand your ways just the way you are. Not 
not according to my understanding, not according to my perception, because we're losing our way by trying to understand God from our perspective, from our standpoint. But we need to understand God the way He says He is, the way He operates. We need to say, God, transform my mind to know Your ways. Transform my mind to understand Your thoughts. Transform my mind to live this thing out the way you want me to. Church, me. I'll start with me so you know it's not just us that I'm talking about. Start with me. I work hard and train myself, my mind, and studying the Word of God to receive God the way He is. Not the way I want him to be. Not the way I think. Because I'm going to lose my way and I'm not going to really follow him the way I need to because he already stated it. My ways, not your ways. My thoughts, not your thoughts. If he's already stated it, then I need to figure out how I can make his thoughts my thoughts and his ways my ways. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Because if I can do that, then when I read his word and when I read the Bible, the scriptures... I can begin to understand what God is trying to say to me, and I won't lose my way. One of the biggest things I have seen is how people interpret the Bible, and that is a challenge. Because when you interpret it the way you want to, not the way God intended, you're in trouble. Because no matter what I say, it won't get through to you, won't register the way it needs to, because you've already got your ways of interpreting what you read. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's why it's significant that we all pray, God. I don't want to read and understand the Bible just the way I want to, to make it fit and benefit my life. I want to read and interpret the Bible the way you intended for me to receive it. And even if it's, it's hard or challenging, I don't care. I want to get it right. That's it. I want to get it right. I don't have any agenda. This is one thing, church. We can't have agenda with it. We can't have no agenda. I watch men of God that are high in ministry, watch them just just, just flounder because they have agenda. I don't have any agenda. I don't want any agenda because this thing is too legit for you to have an agenda. It will get you messed up if you try to live it with an agenda. Let me tell you something. I wrote it down. Lord, drop this thought in my mind. I wrote it down. Didn't want to lose this thought. Okay. I'll, I'll give it to you as I go along. I guess it's not time yet in the message to give this thought to you. Uh-huh. So many people today misunderstand who God is and what he's all about. So many people today misunderstand who God is and what he's all about. Which means that we, 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 we put ourselves in a situation to struggle and then blame God and then not serve God. We end up not being faithful to him because the way we're approaching him is not working. And so we believe that God stuff can't be real. And we will never stop and think, well, maybe my approach is not right. Why we, never, why we, can't, why we can't think maybe my approach is not right? What am I missing there? When, when, did you ever think that 
Maybe my approach is not right. Maybe I'm not seeing it the way God needs me to see it. Maybe that's why I'm not experiencing what I need to experience. Huh? Because one of the things we know for sure that we will always never miss on, Sister Amanda, is if you give, it shall be given. You, that would work like a champ. Give and it shall be given. We've experienced that. Work every time over and over. Try it every time. All right, that one work. So I want you to try one that's deeper than that and see if that works. But you got to do it the same way you do it together. You give little, you get back little. Have you seen that? You give much, you get much back. Uh-huh. That worked like a champ. But how about, i give you a good one. How about you learn how to pray the way God wants you to pray and not the way you want. God, I'm going through something. Will you deliver me from this situation? That's your prayer. That's your prayer. It's how you feel. And here's the trick about that. Maybe God do want to deliver you from a situation. I'm not saying that he doesn't. What I'm saying is I don't know if he wants me to be delivered from a situation. Why can you say that, preacher? Because there were three Hebrew boys that the king wanted them to be thrown in the fiery furnace. So here's the story. Did they bow their heads and pray, God, don't let this king throw me in this fiery furnace. Deliver me from this, from this furnace. Maybe they did. Maybe they, I don't think they did. But I'm just saying, just imagine if they did. It didn't matter because they got thrown in there. And what happened? God came alongside them. So why our prayers is not God? If I have to go through this situation, I'll go through it just as long as you come alongside me. See, see, we don't pray those prayers. Now, those are not good prayers to us. That's what I'm talking about. This is what I'm trying to get you to understand. We got to get our minds changed. That's why we need to say, God, transform my mind that I understand you and know how to live for you and know how to do this thing the right way because we don't really know. Your prayer will be better off you praying asking questions to God as opposed to you praying thinking you know so you're telling God what should happen. Yeah, you you are good if you can just say, God, I don't understand what this is all about, but whatever it is, will you just keep me and will you just give me understanding for me to know what I need to do? Because I don't know what to do. I know I have my own feelings and emotion about what I'm dealing with, but God, you know everything and you know what's best. Will you just give me guidance and understanding? Will you just comfort me? And God, if I don't hear from you, I will just keep on going through and doing what I'm supposed to do that pleases you. But we, we, we like to pre, pray the stuff that, that, that's going to make us feel better. Yes. God still visits ordinary people today. I got to help your self-esteem this morning because too many of us think that they're not good enough. You're not saying it, but you're acting like it. Because if you don't pray with confidence that God will hear you and respond to you, you're believing that God will not hear you. But I'm here to tell you this morning, God still visits ordinary people. God still visits visit people that are lowly. He still visit people that are poverty, poverty 
stricken. He still visits the afflicted. He still visits the brokenhearted. He still visits the sick. He still visits the downtrodden. He still visits the sinful people and the hopeless people. I don't care how much sin you are involved in. I don't care how broken heart you are. I don't care how sick you are. I don't care how downtrodden you are. I don't care what's going on in your life. There is nothing too messed up about you. Why God can visit you. He showed us when he visited the shepherds to tell them that he was born. Don't you worry and think that, oh, I missed church a couple of times. Oh, I didn't pray this morning. Oh, no, I want you to always have confidence that God will visit you no matter what your circumstance, no matter what you're dealing with. Just be honest with God and just have a heart to say, God, I will do what you want me to do. Revelation from Bible study Thursday night. Revelation from Bible study Thursday night. You know why Mary was considered highly favored by the Lord? And how we will become highly favored by the Lord? This was the revelation from the Lord. Yeah, maybe Mary was humble. Yeah, all that stuff. But God revealed in my heart Thursday to let you all know and to let me know. That how we find favor with God, exceptional favor, not just the ordinary favor of God coming to say, I've come to save you, I've come to deliver you. I'm talking about exceptional favor. So people like to walk around, yeah, I'm blessed and highly favored. Let me tell you how that favor works. God will visit and give you favor if you will say yes to whatever he tells you. That's how you find the high favor of God. God don't visit some of us to make us highly favored like he made Mary highly favored. Because when he tells you, you're not going to do it. God don't waste time. So God is like, I want to do something special in your life. But I can't because you're not going to do it. But the ones that will say, God, I don't care what you tell me. I don't care where you want me to go. I don't care how you say it. I don't care what, Lord, whatever you say, I'm doing it. When God came to Mary, remember we talked about this last week. When God went to uh, Zechariah, he responded with negativity. When, 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 when he went to Mary, Mary says, I don't understand how it's going to all work, but I'm cool with it. Let's get it done. And that's the attitude I always try to tell you to possess. No matter how hard or difficult a situation is, just say to the Lord, God, this is difficult. This is hard. But if you want me to do it, that's what I'm going to do. It's going to be hard, I know, Lord. And it's not something I'm I'm comfortable with doing. But whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. If you make up in your mind like that, and believe me, when you make up in your mind, God's going to test you with something small. <laughs> you, think, you, you think you're going to make up your mind now and then he's going to give you the, the, the big old you know, test of being highly favored? No. He's going to give you a little something. 
He's going to come to you and ask you to do something a little bit abnormal for you. He's going to come to you and ask you to do something that you're uncomfortable with. I love how people like to go around and say, I heard from the Lord. And I, I know that when you hear from the Lord, you always become uncomfortable. <laughs> when you hear from the Lord is, is, is never comfortable when you hear from the Lord. I'm telling you. Those, those that hear from the Lord every day and it's all good, God bless you. You know, you're just on a different plane. I hear you. But when the Lord really come at you and, 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 and begin to reveal something to you and speak something to you and guide you something, it's going to make you uncomfortable. And it's going to cause you a little bit of, I don't know, challenge. Yeah, it's not going to be easy. But, I, but part of it is we bring it in ourselves because we live a certain way. And so the way that we live is just causing us to respond in a different way. God still visits ordinary people. He will always visit ordinary people. Now, I'm not telling you that God don't visit the rich and the well-to-do. He does them too. But he's not going to them first. God still visits the rich, the famous, the well-to-do, but he's not going to them first. I wonder why. You wondering why or you know the answer? They can't hear from God when they're caught up in all of their stuff. Remember I said earlier when I started earlier, taking offering? When life is simple, you can hear and respond to God. When you got a whole lot going on in your life, even when you hear from God, you're too consumed by all the stuff you got going, so you tell him to wait. Uh-huh. We like to tell God to wait. You might not say it like that, but when you don't do it immediately, that's what you're saying, right? Right? If you tell your kid to go do something and they don't do it, you want to chop off their head. Did I tell you to do that? I want to know what God will do to us for all the things that he had told us, and we tell them to wait. Wait, Lord. And he says, okay, I'll wait. Jesus would come not to the proud and the powerful, but to the outcasts, the humble, those considered last on the social list. Oh, man, so much stuff to just bring about. Listen, another thing that goes against who God is and what he's trying to get us to be. We're striving our best to be as successful as we can in this world. But that goes against the grain if you want to receive from God. Isn't that something? We're striving our best to achieve and to be successful because this world says you got to do this, you got to do this, and this got to happen, and that got to happen for you to be considered, you know, a, a, a relatively good, successful person. And so we go after it. But in God, going after that will make you lose out on what God is trying to do. And we're not catching that. That's a fact. Because if you got a whole lot going, you're not going to be willing to drop all of that to serve Jesus. 
You got too much. Do you have proof, preacher? Remember the rich young ruler? I got proof. I'm giving you Bible all day, every day. And so the rich young ruler had a whole lot of stuff. And the Lord says, yo, dude, you're going to roll with me? You got to give all that stuff up. Go sell it. Give the money to the poor. Come on. Take your cross up and follow me. The Bible says he was sorrowful because he had many things. <laughs> I'm just telling you. So if we have many things and when the Lord tells us to do something, we're going to be like him. Man, I know I want to go to heaven. Uh, let me just let me just kind of do this for another year, Lord. And then after that, then I'll come and follow you. What that mean? Wait. That's what we're telling God. Wait. I got too much stuff, Lord. Let me just do my thing and I'll get back to you. Wait. <laughs> to these men, God brought the good news of his son's arrival. Huh. We never really know what a child will become. And so when a child is born, any one of us, when our child is born, we thank God for it. But we don't know what they're going to turn out to be. And that's scary sometimes. Because you hope they're going to turn out good. You hope they're going to turn out right. But you never know how they're going to turn out because they grow up, they get their own mind, and they do whatever they want. So you never really know. But we still celebrate their birth. You know I'm setting you up. We celebrate the birth of our child, my baby. Look at her. She's so cute. Not in my case. My mom said I, I was cute, but I, she had to hide me. It's okay. I know she loved me. <laughs> but we say, look at my baby. My baby's so cute. And we celebrate. We haven't, we haven't birthdays to babies at one. John, one. And they don't even know what's happening. <laughs> Big celebration. And we don't know what they're going to turn out to be. So, the announcement of the Messiah, the announcement of God manifesting himself in flesh and coming into this world, it was prophesied many times that he would be born. It was prophesied many times who he would be. It, will proph it was prophesied many times what he will do then what should we be celebrating? Uh-huh. And so that's why I'm telling you today, I don't want anybody to feel guilty about anything that they're doing. And I won't touch what they're doing because I'm not the bearer of bad news. I'm the bearer of good news. And so I'm not worried about what anybody else is doing. But what I am doing is telling people the Messiah was born over 2,000 years ago. The Savior of this world was born over 2,000 years ago. And I'm here to tell you, He can save you from whatever situation you're going through. That's what I'm going to celebrate. That's what I'm celebrating. And God, God help us to see it that way. What are we celebrating? What are we celebrating? Remember I told you, man, all these messages I've been talking about, they're, they're all interconnecting. Remember I told you that the scripture says, whatever we do in word and in deed, do it all 
in the name of the Lord and in everything we do, do it heartily unto the Lord. We miss that part that we think that when we do stuff unto the Lord, we get nothing out of it. You've been hearing me say this for years, those of you that's been around me. And Fred, the secret is God is so amazing that if you live your life unto him, you will be, it will be twofold. He will get the glory and you will accomplish his will and your life will be fulfilled and you'll have everything you need. But we won't trust him on that. We won't trust him on that, John. But if we live unto the Lord, live our life unto the Lord, what God is trying to communicate to us is you don't have to make this thing separate. You don't have to make your job separate from living for me. You don't have to make when you go home separate than living. He says, no, everything you do, you do it like you're doing it for me and unto me and in my name. And if you do everything in your life because you're doing it to please me, then you will experience the blessings of God like you've never experienced before. But somehow we don't get that real good. And so we think, all right, I go to work. That's something different. And if somebody get on my nerves, I'm going to tell them where to go. And I'm going to treat them like this. And they better not get on my nerves. And we, we do all these things because it's separate from living for God. And God is saying, you do everything, everything. The reason why you're treating the people good at work, because you got me and you, and you're representing me. You're not treating them good because the, the, the handbook said you need to make sure you don't make anybody feel uncomfortable. Forget about the handbook at work. You're living for God every moment of your life. Live your life unto God. Don't let the handbook at HR govern your way of doing things. Don't let people govern the way you're doing things. The ways of God are higher than the ways of man. And so when we wake up every day to say how I live my life will be according to God, then I'm elevated over everything else because man's ways are so less than God's way. Live above the ways of people and live unto the Lord. I'll give you what the thought is now. Here is, here is, here is what the Lord dropped on me this morning. Jesus didn't come to earth to change some things about us, to change some of our ways. I'll let you ponder that. You ponder it in your mind. What do you mean, preacher? Come on now. God want to change you. No. God want me to tell you. He came to give you new life. He came to give you new life and everlasting life. We are focused on ways. We're focused on a little change here, a little change there. God, if just this part of my life I'm telling you, I'm giving you something from the Holy Ghost. God, if just if you can just work what we what we are not realizing is we're telling God to just fix this little area of our life. God, fix this little area of my life. God, fix this little part of my life. Well, God want me to communicate to you today that he didn't come to fix your life. He came to transform your life. He came to give you a new life, not let you keep the life you have and just have it being patched up. God help me today. We want our lives to be patched up by 
about Jesus and Jesus is saying, I didn't come to patch up your life. Your life was a mess anyway. That's why I had to leave the holies of holy and come to that filthy earth. Not to patch up your life, but to give you a brand new life. To give you a life that is everlasting. We gotta still stop living our life telling God without telling Him, just patch this up, just patch that up, just fix this, just fix that. God says, no, I don't patch up, I make things brand new, I make things whole, I don't make things apart and part, no, I make it brand new. Somebody hold on to that today. Somebody hold on to that today. God not patching up your life. Stop looking at the areas of your life that just, if that could just get right. It will never happen. It's like trying to patch something up that's leaky. If you patch over here, oh God help me today why God is doing this. If you patch one part of it, the other part starts leaking. When you patch that part, someplace else start leaking. You can't fix something that's broken and always leaking. You need a brand new vessel in order to be whole. It can't be patched up. Try to patch it up. Let me patch it up. And you think, oh, whoo, whoo, I'm glad I'm not leaking no more. Then here we go, Kendra. Over, oh, man. God knows that. you just behind. You're the one slow. You're slow. And you think patchwork work. And the, and the God, we, say, we, we, we don't even realize how good he is. We say God is good. You have no clue how good he is. No clue. Because you're settling for patchwork, and he wants to make you brand new. You're settling for patchwork for just this temporary, and he's trying to give you everlasting life. You have no clue how good he really is. God help us today. God help us today. I think I need to sit down after this. I'm serious. God is so good. Scriptures often uses shepherd to symbolize. Look, look, I need to sit down. This stuff is so, it's just boggling my mind. I'm so consumed by what I'm telling you here today. Scripture often uses shepherds to symbolize all who care for God's people, including him. What kind of God we serve? This dude is out of control. So before anything went on, the first people he revealed his birth to was shepherds. Shepherds, lowly people. People that nobody give any kind of, eh, you, you low. And then what did he do when he came and start growing? I am the good shepherd. Oh, God, stop it. You ready for this one? And that's why the pastors are supposed to be Shepherds under shepherds, that's what they're supposed to be. Because if we're caring for people, if we're caring for God's people, we're supposed to be serving them, taking care of them. That's what we're supposed to do. We ain't supposed to be beating up on God's stuff. We're supposed to be taking care of God's stuff. We're supposed to be feeding you the best kind of meat. We're supposed to be feeding you the best kind of food, the spiritual food. We're supposed to make sure you're good, make sure you get the good refreshing water. 
Because he himself said, I'm the good shepherd. He was up to something. He's, he's just, oh God, you're so vast. He knew what he was up to from the very beginning. He says, watch this. Let me see how you all receive these shepherds that, that, that's, that I'm going to reveal my birth to. Let me see how you, re- you receive them. Because guess what? When I finally grow up and be the man that I'm supposed to be in the earth, I'm going to be the shepherd. I'm leading the flock. What you going to say about me then? You going to talk about me too? You going to make me look like I'm a nobody? That's cool because I didn't come to be somebody. Remember the Lord said the word he said. He made himself of no reputation. You can't get no reputation being a shepherd. I've never heard any shepherd getting a shout out like they somebody. What about you? You heard about any shepherd being a... That shepherd, he, man, he is it. That shepherd, ooh, dude is cool. Nobody talks about a shepherd. As a matter of fact, when I was in Israel, uh, most most of the um, shepherds were the Bedouin people. And they live on hillsides, little huts. They don't live in the cities. They They live a different kind of life. So shepherds. Trust me, when David was in there taking care of his father's stuff, it wasn't pleasant. Shepherd dealing with all kind of stuff. And he called himself shepherd. He revealed his birth to shepherds. The good news that the angels announced produced great joy to those who receive it. So I'm finishing up here. The deal is I don't know how many of us is receiving the good news. We've been conditioned to receive bad news. And so when good news is delivered, I don't know if we know how to act. The the, the Bible says that the announcement of his birth should produce great joy. And I'm looking, we don't, we don't have no joy in here today. Or if we do, we're not showing it. Where's our joy? We need to be so joyful that people need to say, listen, I practice this. Every time I go in the elevator at work, and I'm in the elevator, how are you today? I'm Okay. One day this lady followed me to the train station. So our, our corporate office is walking distance from the train station. She got on the elevator. I said, hello. She said, how are you? I said, I'm amazing. I'm just wonderful. She said, what? She started following. She started. She got it. She was in there. Why are you so upbeat and how's so up-tempo? And, and now I'm walking fast because, you know, the train is coming because, you know, everything is fast, fast in the city. And I'm moving and she's right there with me. I heard a whole story in no time. Yeah, I started working because my husband had a stroke and now I got to work and I just appreciate when I hear people have good attitude and all because I said I'm doing amazing. I'm just trying to tell you, people are not accustomed to good news. They want to hear doom and gloom. They want to hear bad news. If we would get to the place to say to people how great God is and how great he's working in our lives and begin to let people see us as good news, we can change our world. We can do amazing things. But we first got to believe it, that the joy of the Lord will begin to flow from our spirit. 
I'm about, to, I'm about to finish, but I, I just need to communicate one more thing to you so you understand that whole thing about good news. Uh-huh. He loves us so that he did whatever was necessary to fulfill the need that we have. Remember what I tell you love is. Love is to do whatever is necessary to fulfill the need of the one you love. I don't understand how how he can come as a man and still be God. I don't. I hear you. All I can tell you is he did whatever was necessary to fulfill the need you had. I had and the need we had was we needed someone sinless just like us. I don't want to go into but but let me let me. You're probably going to say to me, you got to come back and repeat that to me, Pastor. But let let me tell you a, a little secret. God gave all power and authority to Adam. Adam was a man. And because Adam allowed himself to be slicked out or his wife, you know, listen to his wife that did wrong, he gave up the power to the devil. And so because the devil was able to overcome a man, a physical man, not God, the devil was able to overcome a man. The only way it could be rightfully be restored was a man had to overcome the devil. (laughs) He had to be a man. He couldn't be nothing else because it was man that dropped the ball. So he can't come down like, well, I'm God, so I'm going to restore. Yeah, but there's only one of you. So how are you going to restore all of human society because of you? No, man had to restore Get restored by man. So God had to become a man for real. <laughs> for real. It wasn't no fake stuff. It wasn't him trying to trick you like, I'm really not mad. I'm No, he really became a man. He was born. He was a child. He hungered. He cried to be changed. Everything. He was a man and still was God. He had to do that. If not, we had no hope because only man could have restored man. It's a man that got tricked in the garden. It's a man that sinned in the garden. So we can't have God restore something and God wasn't the one who messed up. God never is messed up. Man messed up. So God had to become man and show the devil man can be restored. Man can exercise his authority. Man can be right. Man can be righteous. That's why God had to become a man. That's just one of the reasons why he had to become a man. Because man messed up. (laughs) The the arrival of God's manifestation in flesh on earth. The armies of heaven rejoiced. Did you realize that the angel that came and announced it, announced it. However, when he announced it, it says the heavenly host began to rejoice. Jesus' birth resound with praise. You ever noticed, I'm done. You ever noticed that in what we call Christmas time, we have Christmas carols? Why it wasn't something else? Why it wasn't, I don't know, we do something else for Christmas. 
Why wasn't Christmas dinner? Now, we all sit down and eat dinner around Christmas, but understand this. It's amazing that we are singing Christmas carols these days, and we haven't stopped to realize why was it really songs that kind of say a lot about the Christmas season. You know why? Because of the praise. When Jesus was born, even the heavenly host praise him. And so we're not all messed up all the way. There were some things that we started out doing right, but we went and left. But the bottom line is praise is right unto God because when he was born, he was praised. When he was born, the heavenly host was celebrating the birth. God became man. The heavenly host was celebrating it just like you celebrated your baby. (laughs) Listen, stand. When your baby was born, if you had good people around you, they brought diapers. When your baby was born, if you had good people around you, they brought milk. When your baby was born, if you had good people around you, they gave you money. Because it was a celebration. And so, what should we do today now that we understand the birth? Of Jesus Christ. This is how we're going to bring good news to our world. Is because we have to have an attitude of praise and rejoicing. We don't want to leave out of here today with just the same attitude. I want you to leave out of here today with an attitude of praise and rejoicing because Jesus was born. And you know why he was born. Because we weren't capable of getting out of our mess and our sin and our uh, the, 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 just just the stuff that we were involved in. We, we couldn't get out of it on our own. We needed Jesus. And the only way he can really get us out is by being like us, but not sinning like us. Oh, God. And so we need to have an attitude of rejoicing. The Bible says that the angels... They rejoice at his birth. There was praises that went up at his birth. The presence of the Lord is supposed to encourage you. Uh huh. The presence of the Lord is it will heal you. The presence of the Lord will cause us to rejoice. His presence will will also convict us in our wrong. But his conviction is only so our life could be transformed. It's amazing how sometimes God speaks a word and convicts our heart and we get upset. When all God is doing is saying, I'm just trying to change your life for you to make it better. And the the change will take place by me making you feel uncomfortable about your behavior. So when you feel uncomfortable about your behavior, (laughs) let me give you this one. God, you ready for this one, is demonstrating great love towards you when you feel conviction. If you are listening to God's word being preached and you feel convicted about something, something is being said and you, oh God, I don't, I, would it make you mad because you feel like, well, how dare you say that about me? And in your mind, you're reasoning. You're not saying it out loud. But whatever it is, you're mad about it. Don't be. 
God is showing you love right at that moment. What he's saying is, I just want you to know that that's not good that you're doing. And I'm bringing it to your attention so you can know that it's not good because I want to bring you from out of it. But I first must bring it to your attention, let you know it's not good. So now that you're aware, when I start to reach my hand out to bring you out, you know why I'm doing it. Because I just revealed to you it's not right. He's showing you love and you get mad. You see how much we need to be transformed? You see how much we need to really get in, in sync? And become one with him. You see how much we need. Because our ways of seeing things is just. It's not the way. And God wants us to see things. The way he wants us to see them. Not the way we end up seeing them. The announcement. The angel's announcement. Compelled. The shepherds. To go see. What was happening. When we're told anything about God, do we come and see? What happened to the days where we want to be in church to see what God would do? What happened to those days? There, was, there, was, there were days, Brother Sharp can probably tell you, there were days, Brother Sharp, where people wouldn't miss church, and the reason why they wouldn't miss it it's not because they felt like they were being controlled or their life was just being. No, 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 no. They had so much faith that they say, I wonder what God will do tonight. And I don't know what he might do. So you know what? I don't want to miss out. I'm showing up. That's why they showed up. We want to think that they had nothing better to do. No, they could, we could always find something better to do. But when you show up, that's called faith. You're saying, I know he can do exceeding and abundant, above whatever we may ask or think. So you know what? Let me go and see if tonight's the night that he's going to do something miraculous. Tonight's the night. Let me see. You know, I've been experiencing this little pain over here. Maybe he decided to touch this pain tonight and it's gone and I'm good. Maybe tonight's the night he's going to touch my leg and it's all fine and I'm good. Maybe tonight's the night he's going to touch my baby's mind and my baby is going to start to comprehend clearly and become very smart and successful. Maybe it's tonight. So you go with that kind of mindset because you believe God, you know God, and you know he can touch it. Just one touch of his hand, just one moving of the spirit of God, and things can change. And you know that, and that's why you show up. I'm not telling you God can't do something in your house, on the toilet, in your car, walking around the street. I'm not telling you can't. But here's what I know about God. He says, faith without works. You want to hear something? Hear something funny. You can come all the time because you're believing God is going to do it that day. And he won't do it in the service, but he can do it in your car. He can do it when you're taking a walk. He can do it while you're at work. Because he, he says, I owe no man. And I got to give the payoff no matter what. If you demonstrate faith, I got to pay up. God's not going to let you demonstrate faith and leave you hanging. So, if we will just begin to let our faith move us to works, 
If we will begin to let our faith move us to praise, if we will begin to let our faith move us to give good news, I believe God will do something special in your life and miraculous in your life. As a matter of fact, if you allow your faith to operate, then will you say, God, whatever you tell me, I'm going to do it. Then will he show you special favor. I don't know about you, but I'll take all special favor of God. Just give it to me, Lord. Whatever special favor you have, Lord, just give it to me. Because whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do. So here I am. Drop it on me, Lord. Now, that's scary to say sometimes. And only scary because you don't know what he's going to do. But I've studied him. And whatever he does is going to come out good at the end. So that's why I don't worry about it. So there may be periods of struggles, there may be periods of challenges, there may be periods of hurt and pain, but when I get done with it, when I come through it, I know it's going to be all good. So I can say, Lord, whatever it is, yes to your will. Yes to your way. I say yes, Lord, whatever you want me to do. I say yes, Lord. As you command me, I will do it. Just command, Lord God, for this is a new day. This is a new day, Lord God, in our heart, a new day in our soul, a new day, Lord, that as you command, we will do. And so today, Lord, we want to be a bearer of good news. Today, Lord, we will totally submit to your will because we, Lord God, want our light to shine bright before men. Somebody, will you make up in your mind today? Will you make up in your mind so that God can come and visit you? God can come and show you special favor because you already made up your mind that you're going to do whatever he says. Oh, God, help us today. (laughs) In the name of Jesus, Father, we call upon your name today, Lord God. We want you, Lord Jesus, to have your way in our heart, in our minds, Lord God. Church, before we go today, why don't you give your heart and your soul, why don't you lose yourself in worship just for five minutes? Why don't you lose yourself in praise just for a few moments? We are in this world and most people are celebrating Christmas and it's okay. I'm not against it. All I'm saying is, will we celebrate here more than the world celebrate whatever they celebrate? Will we represent him and make the good news of his birth? Be told all around the world, God has given us a word from on high. God has given us understanding of who he is and that he had came to this world to save us. Would we proclaim that word? Will we proclaim that word throughout all this world? Will you demonstrate who he is in your life? Will you be that bearer of good news? For all the bad news that are that is in our world, let's be the bearer of good news. Let's begin to shut down all negative news and begin to speak the good news of Jesus Christ. And begin to be worshipers and rejoice in the Lord that people may know how good our God is and how much our God loves them. <laughs> oh, Jesus, have your way. Have your way, Jesus. Somebody lift your hand and raise it to the heavens. Lift your hand, raise it to the heavens, and love Him. He is the way maker. He is the promise keeper. He is the light in your dark world. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will never let you down. 
But we got to move to a different place of worship. We got to move to a different place of praise. We got to move to a different place of our work, our walk in God. Jesus, have your way in this place today. Let every person today turn themselves towards the heavens and open their heart to you, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, Lord God. Lord, will you move on, Fred, in a special way, Lord God. Lord, I pray for transformation. I thank you, Lord God, for what you've already started in him. Now, Lord, will you complete what you have already started and show us what we can do, Lord God, to be a blessing. What we can do, Lord God, to help him, Lord Jesus, arrive at the place where you have, oh God, ordained for him to arrive. In the name of Jesus. God is not finished with you yet, my sister. Oh, God has so much that He wants to do in you. There's so much that must be done. Will you keep trusting? Will you keep trusting? Allow Him to order your steps. Allow Him to guide you. Allow Him to lead you. He wants you to be the bearer of good news. He wants you to be the bearer of good news. He wants you to let your light shine. Don't let anything discourage you. You raise above all circumstances. You raise above all the negativity. And let the light of Christ shine. And speak the good news of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. 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 He's going to carry you on wings of the eagle. He's going to lift you. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, he's going to lift you and carry you like you've never seen. God, let your will be done. In the name of Jesus. 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 In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, Lord, fulfill your promise. Work your work. Fulfill your promise. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, my God, in the name of Jesus.